0: I want to talk about shame tonight, exposing shame, because I feel that um, I was praying for this over the last couple of weeks and last week, just kind of going through something myself. And I feel this is kind of what God put on my heart to talk about. It's a word that we hear quite a bit. Uh, you'll hear it in the media, some shaming somebody or someone's been shamed. But I want to talk about where that came from. And there's a lot of us that are dealing with an inner shame. And when I talk about an inner shame, we have regrets. Shame is full of regrets. We've all done things. How many of you have done something that you regret in life, right? We can all raise our hand. But sometimes those regrets go deep. And they end up causing a shame in our hearts that create a distance between us and the only thing that matters. A relationship with our Heavenly Father. A relationship with God. And so we have to go all the way back. I want to take a minute. We're going to do just a little bit of a history lesson to start us off. Where did shame come from? We have to go all the way back in the Bible to the beginning of Genesis when God created man. So chapter one of Genesis starts off telling us there is a God and he's creating this earth. Chapter two goes on that now he's created the earth. He creates a man And I, just so you know, that chapter ends utopia for all the politicians and entertainers and all of us looking for a utopian society. It ended in Genesis chapter two. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So God makes man, puts him in the garden of Eden, gives him one command. Don't eat from this particular tree. And then he says, it's not good for him to be alone. So he brings out, he, God starts creating animals and brings them to Adam. And Adam gets to name these animals. Now, I don't know why he picked cow and parrot and giraffe. I, I don't know. And I, that's the English translation. So I don't know what they were in, 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 then, in those times, what he was naming them. But it, God parades these animals in front of him, begins to name the animals. And God says, you know what? None of these are good enough to be a helper. Now, God knew this all along. So he creates a woman and brings to Adam a wife. Now, Adam gets really happy towards the end of chapter two, because now he has a wife. Remember, married folks, I said it was still utopia at the time, okay? So he's really excited. He got a wife, and he said, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, this is going to be great. This garden has now become the greatest thing I could ever imagine. And at the very end of chapter two, it says, This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. That's a picture of marriage. For another day, you can go online and see our marriage conference. But verse 25 says, Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So here they were living in this utopian society, which basically was just them two and all these animals. But they had a relationship with God. They had a relationship with God and there was no shame. But verse uh, chapter three comes along and it starts getting dicey because that's when sin enters in. They're tempted to disobey God and they disobey him and they eat from the tree that he asked them not to eat from. Sin enters in and verse seven says, at that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Shame came in with sin. And now they were hiding from God. It goes on to talk about when God finally asked them, Where are they? and they tell him that he's, they're, they're hiding. That was more of a rhetorical question. God knew where they were, but he wanted to know why. And when he asked them why, they were afraid. Shame brought fear. Now I want to fast forward to today. There are some of us sitting here today, many of us, especially those however, that are not Christians. And there's a reason you have not given your heart to the Lord. We get to this place where we are too ashamed to come to God because of things we've done in our life. We're too ashamed to come to him. We're too ashamed to tell him what we've done. Now, here's the ironic thing. God knows what you did. So you're sitting here thinking, oh, I'm, I'm too, I'm too messed up. I can't, I, I can't, I just can't. And God says, but I already know. Uh, like, what are you hiding? What are you, what are you trying to hide from God? He knows where you are, but he's asking you the same question in a different form. Why haven't you come to me? Why live in the darkness? Why live bound up by shame? Why live in a place where you feel like you're just in bondage and you can't go anywhere and you can't do anything? And let me tell you something. If you have an inner shame in your heart between you and God, it will start affecting the outward. Ever done something wrong and tried to hide a secret from somebody? Whether it be your parents, whether it be your spouse, whether it be your boss, you try to hide something, whether you be on I-95 speeding and you hope that that cop you just passed going 95 miles an hour, didn't see you. He was eating a donut. don't no, act like that. You know, Lord, I hope he had a big Krispy Kreme donut. Amen. Then he pulls out and your heart sinks. It must have been the guy behind me. Oh, Lord, let him get the guy behind me. I'll go to church on Sunday if he just or just pulls over the guy behind me. We start making deals with God. But that's how we feel in our real life. Some of you have dealt with things where you've, got, you've gone off the deep end, maybe with drugs or maybe with alcohol or maybe with your sexuality. Maybe it led to an abortion. Maybe it led to a, a horrible marriage. It ended in a divorce. Maybe it ended in you almost committing suicide. Maybe it ended and you fill in the blank and you're thinking there's no way God would accept me. Maybe you know that your mouth gets you in trouble. Folks, I have a lot of regret from my mouth. Amen? I can tell you. I say a lot of things that I regret. But maybe you feel you've just gone too far. And you can't talk to God. You can't get back to Him. He's not going to want you. You're too dirty. You're a mess. You're washed up. But God is sitting there waiting For you to move past that fear of coming to him. Past that fear of shame. And he wants you to come and begin to talk to him. Talk to him. He knows. And you don't have to sit there and go through everything. Well, God, on Thursday I did this. And then last year I did. He already knows. All he wants you to do is bring it to him and say, God, I'm a sinner. I've walked in disobedience. I've done things that I'm not proud of. And God, the Bible says, he bottles up those tears. He begins to talk to you. He begins to tell you how much he loves you. Do you know you're loved by God? You are loved by God. He loves you. The Bible says Jesus went to the cross, not because he had to. He wanted to. And he wanted to go to the cross because he knew that you would be struggling with shame. It says, him who knew no sin, so Jesus never sinned, took on your sin and my sin and went to the cross so that you could stand before God unashamed. You can stand before him and you can say, God, here I am all messed up. Here's the litany of things I've done. And all he has to do is wrap his arms around you and say, I love you. It's about time. It's about time. It's about time that you came and brought it to him. Folks, you're not going to find it in the news. You're not going to find it in social justice. You're not going to find it in entertainment. You're not going to find it in a career or in a relationship. That hole that you're trying to get rid of Will never be filled by anything that this world has to offer. It will only be filled by Jesus Christ. If you have a hole in the wall and you just try and take some papers and shove it in, it's not going to last very long, right? You can't paint over it. You have to get the real deal. You gotta be able to spackle it and putty it, and sometimes it gets messy and it's not easy. Coming to Jesus doesn't... I'm not promising you that it's all going to be a bowl of roses. Because guess what? Life happens. Turn to your neighbor and say, "Life Life happens. Life happens. Life happens. But you need to know that beyond this life, there's an eternity that we can look forward to. And while you're living this life and you're walking this journey, you don't have to live in shame. You can have Jesus Christ. And do you know what? When you learn... To give that shame and bring it to him. He takes what you thought was very shameful. And he starts writing a story. We call it a testimony. That's the Christianese word. But it's really their life story. And they begin telling you. That I don't have to be ashamed anymore. I don't have to be ashamed of what I did in the past. I don't have to be ashamed. Of what I've said. Or where I've gone. Because Jesus cleaned it up. And now I can tell you the story, not to glorify where you've been or what you've done, but in hopes that if you're moving down that same path, you'll stop. Or in hopes that you too will find the joy and the peace that's found only in Jesus Christ. It becomes your story. Now, I'm not telling you have to tell everybody everything you did. There's a time and a place for everything. There are certain parts of my story that I will share with someone, certain parts I'll share publicly, certain parts that, hey, only God needs to know. But I'm not ashamed of them. And when I don't have shame, I don't have fear. I don't fear dying. I don't fear if somebody finds out, yeah, that was my story. (laughs) But it's different now. That was my story. That's where I used to be. But let me tell you where I am now. Because who wants to focus on the past? I can't change it anyway. can you change your past? No. But you sure can determine where the future goes. And you don't have to worry about that. And let me tell you, I want to go to another scripture in 1 John. In the New Testament, towards the end, so we get through the whole Bible, a lot of people have stories. David, now, listen, you could be one of the people in the Bible, I, David him, you know, we know all his business. You know, there are certain people in the Bible. We know their whole story, but Paul tells us those are our examples. Well, now you are a living example. You're an example to your neighbors. You're example to your coworkers. You're example to your family. You're going to see your family this Thursday. And some of them don't know who Jesus is, but they know where you used to be and they love to bring it up. Right? But you know, you can, instead of arguing back at them and fussing and fighting, you can just smile and say, yeah, that's who I used to be. But you want to know who I am today? You want to know what I believe in today? You want to know where I'm going tomorrow and next week and next month? You want to know what my 2019 is going to look like? Grab a piece of turkey and let's talk about Jesus. Have a little piece of pie And let me put the whipped cream and the cherry of Jesus Christ on top. Once you get through and you begin walking with the Lord, there's a warning that John gives in 1 John 2. He says, now let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus, you're going to hear a lot of different voices. You're going to hear a lot of people, a lot in society, trying to pull you away, trying to pull you back into that old way of living trying to lie to you and tell you, who are you to get up and share where you've come from? Who are you to stand up and begin to tell people your story? You're a nobody. Well, let me tell you something. In Jesus, you're definitely a somebody. Jesus doesn't have nobodies in his kingdom. He has somebodies because he made you somebody. And that's all the identity we need, folks. But he goes on and he begins to tell them, you're going to go through that. People are going to lie to you. There's going to be these liars who come from within, from without. Your own, your own mind, the enemy, they'll play tricks on you. But he says, let me remind you. At the very end of 1 John, living as children of God, he says, and now dear children, folks, you can't be a child of God unless you got a relationship with him. You have to have a relationship. You have to know him. You have to know who he is. You have to know how he's changed your life. It's one thing to come out and be like, oh, I'm a Christian. Tell me something about Jesus. And you don't have anything more to say. You're just using a label. I could put a label on my forehead that said I'm a car. I can go brum, brum all day. But as soon as I walk out on Broadway, a bus is going to hit me. You can't just go around and tell people, I'm a Christian or I believe in God and you don't have a relationship with Him. You want to be a child of God. And He wants desperately to call you His child. He wants you to know that you can be His child. And John reminds us, he says, And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ so that when He returns... When you stand before him one day, you will. He's living. He's alive and well. We're all going to stand before him. You will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Folks, when I get to heaven, we cross the pearly gates and I see Jesus right there. I'm going to run up to him He might be taller than me. He's going to stoop down and he's going to wrap me in his arms. I won't even care the person I used to be. But he's going to look at me and he's going to say, I love you, my child. I love you. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's all that matters. I don't care about anything else. I won't care about what people used to say. I won't care about the things I used to do. Because now I'm staring Jesus in the face, eye to eye. And I won't be full of any shame. There will be no tears of sorrow. It'll be only tears of joy. And I'm going to be thankful. That's going to be a thanksgiving to remember. I'm going to be so thankful how he walked me through. I'm going to be so thankful when I made a mistake and said something I shouldn't have, or I went somewhere I shouldn't have. Or I did something I shouldn't have. He's not going to sit there and just tell me all about it. We're going to talk about the good things of life. Man, Jesus, you saved me. Oh, what you did on the cross. How you walked with me. How you kept me. And I get all of eternity. And you know what else? I want every one of you to be there with me. I want to hear your story. I want to talk about the good things Jesus did in your life. I want to rejoice in heaven with you. But to be a brother and sister, you got to know Jesus. We're coming on the holidays. We're celebrating His birth. It's wonderful to celebrate his birth. It's wonderful to sing the songs. But you got to celebrate more than just his birth. you got to celebrate his death, his resurrection, the fact that he's living again, and the fact that he wants a relationship with you. I'm going to ask you to do something bold for me tonight. And it's not really for me, it's for you. You're sitting here tonight, and you know who you are. You have shame in your heart. You're full of shame. You're probably thinking about, ah, but Michael doesn't know about this. I don't have to know. God already knows. And He's calling you. He's calling you. And He happens to use me. He's calling you to step out in a boldness, not a fear. Don't shrink back now. Don't shrink back in this moment. Step forward and say, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want a relationship. Maybe you're here tonight and you're wavering. You say, I know Jesus. I know I'm a Christian, but you're wavering. You're wavering because you know that you make mistakes. You're wavering because you know, oh man, if anybody knew, we don't have to know. But if you give it to Jesus, one day you might be standing right here telling that testimony as well. Folks, during this holiday season, there's always a spike in suicides and people who are thinking about committing suicide. Don't let shame or fear or loneliness or doubt drive you to a place where you think the only way out is to take your own life. That's never God's plan for you, never. It's never his plan for you. When he created you, it was for a purpose. And he never expected you to cut your own life short because of situations and circumstances. You could be dealing with depression. You could be dealing with so many things. But I want you to get a hold of Jesus. And I don't say that cliche ish. I don't say that for Christianese or because it sounds good. I really want you to get a hold of Jesus. In the holiday season that's very commercial, we're thankful for Jesus. Let's think about that. I'm happy. And it's a merry Christmas because he was born. And if you're feeling that way, especially tonight, the holidays are coming, your mind's already racing, I don't have anybody. I want you to come down. Let us pray with you, our prayer team, pray with you. Pray that God would strengthen you. It's not even, I don't even want you to let the shame of thinking that. Many people think it, and they're shameful they even thought it. Don't let that hold you back. Many of us have been in deep, dark places in our life where we've contemplated it ourselves. People on this stage, don't let that shame hold you back. You don't have to. God will take that away. For those of us that are down here. Whatever it is. Whatever the shame. Whatever it is. It's on your mind and in your heart. Forget about it. And I say that. I'm not saying you're literally going to forget about it. But I want you to. Give it to God. And. Remind yourself. It's in the past. Because. Because. And the reason I say forget about it is because I want you to think about the future that you're going to have with Jesus. The future of Jesus walking with you. The future of Jesus using your story. Your story. No matter how bad you think it is, He will use your story to touch somebody in your life. I can't tell you when, but how many of you are here? Your story. God has used your story to touch somebody. God will use your story The Bible says he takes what the enemy meant for bad and he turns it around for his good. People have walked on this stage who have been in abortion clinics. They've tried to jump out windows. They have tried to murder someone. They have tried to do things that if they were on one of those specials on cable, it would be terrible. But God turned it around for his glory. And they're not walking in that shame anymore. I'm going to pray for you and our prayer team. Prayer team, I want you just to come up behind someone. And they're going to pray with you, but I'm going to pray for you to trust that this holiday season, maybe with your own family, God will give you an opportunity to share how Jesus changed. One young lady came on the stage and shared something with her mother in the audience that she had never shared before. And when she came off stage, I was a little afraid for her, thinking what her mom was going to say. But she said, you know what? It's okay. What better place to tell her than when I'm telling my story with other people? God will take that shame away from you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you remove the shame. I thank you, God, that you can give us a future to look forward to, full of joy, a future, God, where you will take our stories and you will begin to use them for your glory. You will begin to use them to draw other people to Jesus because that's where we want to be. We ultimately want our life to glorify Jesus Christ and these beautiful people standing here with me down front God today they're starting that. They're starting it maybe fresh or maybe they're wavering and they're choosing to stand on that solid ground of Jesus. So I pray that this Thanksgiving week, this holiday season, oh God, you would start even now using their story for your glory, that people would see Jesus in them. They would go back to work on Monday. They would see their families on Thursday and they would just say there's something different. And with a joy In their voice, they'll be able to say, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, God protect them, protect them by your mighty hand, protect them as they go out into the streets, as they go back and that old stupid devil wants to try and stop them and lie to them, try and remind them where they've come from. I pray they would be able to say to him, get behind me, Satan. That shame is behind me. It's gone. I won't go back to the past, but I'm going to look forward to the future with Jesus. Let your voice be louder than any other voice, I pray. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. And we bless your wonderful name. And everyone says, Amen.